the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) What can I say? Just when you think... Just when you think you are over the hump of the week as we were yesterday and coasting towards a weekend, a long weekend for many of you, many of us, oh, it just gets better. I was thinking it was a slow news day. It was going to be a slow news day, and I thought that. I thought it would be a slow news day because, well, first of all, we, we don't have the health care vote that we last week thought we were getting today. Remember? A week ago, Mitch McConnell was saying, yeah, we're going to have a health care vote next Thursday and, uh, you know, then break and uh, have a big Independence Day celebration. We're free from Obamacare. He didn't say all that. I exaggerate to clarify. And uh, so when we got the announcement that the health care bill was being pulled, I thought, all right, they're going to skate to the exits, right? That we're just going to slide down to the exits. Nope. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. It's another day of news whack-a-mole. So uh, join the conversation, join the party, join the discussion, join the argument. And I want you to weigh in, especially those of you who are always Trumpers and uh, will will follow Donald Trump into whatever battle he leads you. The phone number, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. We will be discussing. Yes, we'll get to the Mika thing. And I think it's a little bit of who started it. Uh, we'll get to that. It's also a Thursday, so it's a throwback Thursday, and I want to go back in time and share a lesson that I learned on this day exactly 10 years ago today. So we will do that. Uh, We will also do some debunking today, some serious debunking, and I think that's very important for us to do. It's important for us to show the truth and highlight the truth. Because some people can't handle the truth. But uh, many, 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 many things on the agenda today. And I have already posted a vital question of the day today. An important vital question of the day. Something that uh, Doc Thompson and I were talking about. We actually have conversations other than some of the silly crap we talk about. We actually have serious conversations and and the vital question I'm asking for the next 24 hours what do you think is going to happen with Obamacare or Trump care will it be repealed and replaced will it be repaired whatever the hell that means will it be replaced by single-payer health care or do you not know and I think those are really the options Because if it, I was going to put in there, it's going to melt down and die. Well, that's pretty much a given. If we do nothing, Obamacare melts down and dies and something has to happen to it. So if if it does melt down and die, as anticipated, it has to be repealed and or replaced. 
it has to be repaired or it has to be replaced by something which I fear will be single payer. If you heard my my interview yesterday, my phone call with Delaware Senator Chris Coons, a Democrat, you heard me get a little bit tense and I actually got some email about it. People are saying, Mike, are you okay? You really got ticked off with uh, Chris Coons. Yes, I, I, I really do not like changing doctors after I found a great doctor and I had the best doctor. And we have decent insurance at the Blaze. We had really great insurance at the Blaze until some of the costs that were associated with uh, Obamacare forced, forced the company to pull it back and raise the co-pays, et cetera. But we still had good insurance, M- maybe even great insurance. But insurance means nothing if you don't have a health care provider the one you liked, and I remember hearing from someone, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. So, yeah, I know. I'm beating a dead horse. My doctor retired three or four years ahead of his initial schedule, his initial plan, not because he was out of patience, but because he didn't have the patience. You see what I did there? Didn't have the patience to deal with the government forms. The regulations that were so time-consuming, they were costing him the ability to spend time with his actual clients and doing actual healing. It's really a shame. And I'm still upset about it. I know, get over it. No, you know, I haven't found the right doctor yet, so I'm using Doc in the Box and interviewing doctors. Not a good way to go. But that's a, a consequence of Obamacare. Thank God, and I mean that truly, thank God I'm reasonably healthy. Even in my advanced age, I'm reasonably healthy. So uh, I'm mad about Obamacare, and I'm also mad about Trump care. And that's why I asked the question, what do you think will happen? What do you think will happen? Do you think it's going to be repealed and replaced with Trump care? Obamacare, Trump care. And don't get upset by people calling it Trump care. The Democrats got really ticked off when we called Obamacare Obamacare. And finally, Obama finally wrapped his arms around it. And then it all became okay. So repealed and, repla- repealed and replaced, or number two, repaired. Number three, replaced by single payer. And number four, you just don't know. Currently, Replaced by single payer is the leading vote getter. It's close to repaired. And in, for my money, they're going to repair it by replacing it with single payer. That's what Jonathan Gruber and those evil architects of Obamacare were planning the entire time. We've seen the videos. We've heard the words come out of his mouth. How much more do you need? Okay, so participate participate in the in the poll before I spin myself completely out I think I need to give you a little bit of let's have a little bit of fun there are there are some topics here that are going to make you mad so I I need to give you um, the carrot before we all get the stick (laughs) 
as it were. Uh, this is one of those one of those little videos that was released this morning. I have some friends who do nothing but monitor news. That's all they do. They monitor news and different news feeds and different news sites looking for the opportunity to find a viral type video from the news. And I believe they found one. I believe they actually did find a, a pretty interesting little video. And it is from a Fox affiliate. And it is, you know how they always depict the weather guy as sort of the wacky guy on news. And they, you know, the, the guys are in the good day whatever set. It'll be good day Keokuk, Iowa. And they will throw out to uh, crazy Bob who's doing the weather. And Bob is not only the guy who will tell you what the forecast is going to be, but he's the guy who can talk to just about anybody. So uh, we're getting ready to have our Independence Day weekend, which means fireworks, which means the obligatory morning TV segments about be careful with your fireworks. We don't want you showing up for work on Wednesday, missing a finger. And yes, I understand those are important. And yes, I, I do agree. We should tell people to be careful and and, you know, watch where you're lighting the fireworks and be all that good stuff. But fireworks are a lot of fun, too. And this very brief segment, this 12 seconds happened where the uh, the wacky weather guy is out by the fireworks stand on the side of the road. And he encounters a young boy, probably 13 or 14 years old, and hilarity ensues. And then the 4th of July, here's an actual customer out here. Uh, what's, uh, what's the best kind of firework to buy? Wouldn't you like to know, weather boy? Where are your parents? Get sketchy. Back to you guys. And then the 4th so of July. So I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking it's, it's pretty funny, right? The weather guy comes out. He sees the little kid standing in front of the fireworks stand. He's got the brochure, and he's obviously scoping out which uh, fireworks he's going to purchase. But something about this is just a little too convenient. The boy standing there with the brochure happens to be facing the same direction as the camera is approaching. The guy comes around the corner and spots the child standing, not facing the window where he would order the fireworks from, but facing the area where the camera will be. And the weatherman sees him and says, oh, Hello, young man. How are you? And then the 4th of July. Here's an actual customer out here. Uh, what's, uh, what's the best kind of firework to buy? Wouldn't you like to know, weather boy? Where are your parents? Kids sketchy. Back to you guys. Kids sketchy. Back to you guys. I, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. But I have to tell you, I'm going to throw the Bravo Sierra flag on this one. I don't think this is real. I think this is totally, totally a scam by the, we the weather guy who, you know, it would be great for his career if he had a viral video. It would be a terrific thing for him because and the station would be happy. So this guy gets a kid and he says, look, kid, all you got to say is. Wouldn't you like to know weather boy? Just give the kid a quick insult, which, you know, the kid did. The kid delivered the line. OK. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I vote Bravo Sierra on that one. And speaking of Bravo Sierra, I'm going to have to really throw a flag on many of my friends 
in the radio media, got fooled yesterday. Uh, and I, I need some time to get into the story because I, I, I found, I debunked this in 30 seconds. And so I'm, I'm kind of ticked off that some of my buddies didn't debunk it sooner too. When we get back, we will dive into the horror of social justice soccer. That's right. Social justice soccer. Next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a throwback Thursday. Having a little bit of fun here. Doing some debunking on the program today. And uh, we just, I believe, we debunked the story of the, the weatherman who thinks he found a smart-ass kid and, and was shamed or surprised or verbally assaulted on live TV. Uh, I think, I, I I think that one's Bravo Sierra. So if if you see it, if you see the little kid and the the Fox Five weather guy getting mocked on alleged live TV, now the TV was live. I just think it was a setup. And this takes me back to another piece of video that popped yesterday. And I I had a bunch of friends who were in the radio business and the internet's business. Saying, have you seen, have you seen the story of the Washington Athletic Association, which is is now not letting kids use a ball when they play soccer? They call it ballless soccer. And there are a number of punchlines I could use here, which would cost me my job. Um, some involving the person formerly known as Jenner, but I'm not going to go there, even though I kind of just did a little. But uh, this story headlines to ensure every child wins. Washington Athletic Association removes ball from soccer. Yeah, right. The story allegedly attributed to uh, Olympia, Washington, where they're playing a new kind of youth soccer. I have dubbed this social justice soccer. And um, they're saying that they're showing that how it impacts competition and youth and and it's negative to have too much competition with the kids, so they want to remove that negative impact. So they said, we took away the notion of scoring, which meant no winners, no losers. But um, they, they actually claim they took away the ball. The report on this, there's a video on this all over the web. You can listen to a little bit of it and kind of figure it out. At least I think you can. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hustle up, you guys. Let's take a knee. Let's take a knee real quick. Take a knee. All right. Everyone's doing their ankle. Everyone's got the ankle. Twists. Let's do some twists. Let's go. Yeah. So it looks like a coach warming up the kids, right? And and the, the screen graphic is saying, to address the negative effects of competition, soccer is now played without a ball. Get ready for those headers, right? Okay. You guys ready for a good game today? Yeah. yeah. All right. You all warmed up? Yes. Next. That's a nice goal. 
So you see people running, but there's no ball, and it looks like someone's kicking a ball, and the coach calls, nice goal. And I'm thinking, okay, as, as reasonable as this ridiculous thing appears to be, it can't be true. It cannot be true. This is, this is such Bravo Sierra, but, uh, you know, people got outraged. The comments are there. And uh, unless you read the headline of the page where the story was posted, you're not going to realize it. The headline reads, CBC Radio, which that's the Canadian broadcasting system, and uh, this is their radio outlet's webpage, and a program called This and That. This and That is called, uh, is described as award-winning satire with Pat Kelly and Peter Oldring. Award-winning what? Satire. With Pat Kelly and Peter Oldring. Come on, people. Can we not fall for everything? I'm serious. This is just insanity. But so many of my friends retweeted it. Jaw dropped. Can't believe this is happening. I've lost my ability to even and whatever else you said. Now, I wouldn't put it past somebody in in one of those northwest states i'm looking at you oregon i'm looking at you washington to say you know we need to we really need to try this this concept hey this is crazy enough to work no no no, it's not it's it's horrible parenting it's horrible we're not letting kids learn how to survive so that the social justice soccer soccer without a soccer ball It's not soccer. We call that running. That's what that's known as, running. And in the case of soccer, uh, you're you're actually running and and looking pretty dumb because it it looks silly if you're pretending you're kicking a soccer ball. All right, two things debunked. I know I have another thing to debunk, but I also have some, some good things to share with you. I have some things that will uplift you. For example, in the state of Texas... In the state of Texas, a man has been walking to work, three miles to work every day. He works at a taco restaurant in Dallas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And another man had seen 20-year-old Justin Corva making that walk every day. You know how you drive and you see the same people doing the same things? Well, it's hot in Dallas. So Andy Mitchell, the driver, said, Justin Corva. Hello, sir. Would you like a ride to your work? I see you every day and it's hot. And he gave the young man, the 20 year old man, a ride to work. And as they were talking, Andy Mitchell learned that 20 year old Justin Corva was walking to work because he was saving money in order to buy a car. And and Mr. Mitchell was so impressed that this young man would be doing this, had the had the drive to do this. He got his friends together and they put up a donation box. And last Friday, last Friday, Andy Mitchell and his friends surprised Justin Corva with a Toyota Camry, a used Toyota Camry, but nonetheless, a little bit of anonymous charity, a little bit of random charity bombing just for another human being. 
kind of makes you feel good about the day and about the future, doesn't it? Okay, we'll get into some more of the crazy stuff after the break. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The phone lines are open, 888 You want to share a story, you want to disagree, you want to agree, you want to hoot, you want to holler. I don't know about the last two, but uh, I, I'm open. There are many things to talk about today. Some make me laugh. Some make me shake my head. And others just reaffirm my belief that the answer to a problem in our world is not more government. The answer to a problem is 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 not not to just throw money and bureaucracy at a problem. The answer is to get problem solvers involved and get things fixed and get on with it. Case in point, Washington, D.C. Not the, not the government. I'm talking about the Washington, D.C. transit system. Between Delaware and D.C. and Delaware and New York City, I spend a lot of time riding rails, and then when I get to either of those cities, I tend to use mass transit when I can because typically it's cheaper and I'm cheap. And the metro in D.C. is particularly troubling. Uh, it's, it's a stunning visual when you get downstairs, when you get all the way down under the earth into what could be a perfect bomb shelter if it had to be, God forbid. It's a stunning visual to see it. And as you get down there, then you deal with the trains, and they're, they're fairly, I think I give them a C. They're okay, they're decent. It's not exactly as cheap as the New York City subway can be, because guess what? DC had this brilliant idea, and I first experienced it back in 1979 when I visited the district for the first time. And at that time, you could ride the metro, and your fare was based on how far you rode. And, and that kind of makes sense, right? It's a usage fare. Whereas in New York City, you buy one, at the time, you used to buy one token. Now it's uh, one fare on your metro card. And you could ride as far as you could go. And as a matter of fact, if you knew how to do it, you could ride to virtually every subway stop in New York for whatever the cost was of a single ride. And every year they had guys competing to do that and do it at the fastest rate. But in the case of the D.C. Metro, which has had some troubles lately, they've had some troubles because guess what? They didn't take care of the damn system. They didn't do routine maintenance. The government-run transit system was not taking care of the, of the tracks and the cars. So they had to do this little safe track. That was their initiative. It was called Safe Track, where they had to go through and, and make sure the cables to power the cars as well as the cars themselves and the rails and the wheels were fine. And it slowed things down. 
Well, apparently, uh, they, they finished with that. And just to make sure everybody knew it and was happy, almost 700 Metro employees were paid to hand out thank you notes at rail stations during today's commute. So if you're in the district, be on the lookout. There should be no fewer than, say, 650 to 700 Metro employees handing out thank you notes just to make sure you know they appreciate your patience. How about you just put the annoying announcement up? You know, the one that you, you put up when, when there's a problem, when there's a delay. We don't get people handing out notes each time there's a massive delay saying, we're sorry. We're sorry for the single tracking. No, they're going to pay people union wages to stand around and hand out thank you notes. Seriously. Not to mention what was paid. How much did we pay for the thank you notes? Now, they, they are saying, I, I, should, I should correct myself, office managers and non-operation staffs will hand out thank you notes that include a small token of appreciation offered by one of the Metro partners. Well, what does that mean? Are they getting a coupon for a buy one, get one? Is there a BOGO involved in this? And it also, by the way, buy... <laughs> I'm sorry, D.C. I know there's some people in D.C. listening. I'm sorry, D.C., but if you live there, you probably already know. Um, There are more closures coming up due to a pilot program that's going to uh, test the use of a new grouting technique (laughs) because they didn't correctly waterproof the outside walls of the tunnels. Why would they? Why would you? Anyway, that's uh, another one of my rants against uh, government getting involved in in transit. Invariably, we will find ways to waste even more money doing stuff like this. Um, Glenn Beck was in L.A. I didn't hear anything on this. I didn't hear a confirmation from him on this. I'm wondering. I know Glenn Beck was talking about a lot of a lot of his dinners, his meetings with his hoity-toity Hollywood friends and the Internet folks. I've been on one or two of those trips, and they are real. These meetings do happen. You look around and you go, that guy's here? She's here? Oh, my God, what am I doing here? But I thought Glenn was going out to Hollywood to bid on some Hollywood memorabilia because the Profiles in History auction house had uh, a bunch of things up for sale this week. And uh, I do happen to know that Mr. Beck, as a movie fan and movie memorabilia fan, has some certain things he likes. Uh, And, for example, uh, the movie uh, Aliens that Bill Paxton was in, a helmet that that was worn by the late actor, sold for $51,000. I don't know if that's that's what uh, Mr. Beck was looking for. We talked about the dance floor from Saturday Night Fever that my friend Vito Bruno was selling. It sold for $1.2 million. Vito purchased it for, I think, somewhere between twenty-five and 50000 and turned it into a $1.2 million bonanza. Now, the big deal, though, 
the big deal in this auction was the one that I was certain, I was absolutely certain Glenn Beck was going out there to get this. It was the R2-D2 droid that was used in several Star Wars films. After looking into it, I, I figured, I don't think Glenn would buy this. It was, it was very expensive, and there's no, no information has been released about who purchased R2-D2. It was the most expensive item offered in a uh, movie memorabilia auction that included um, other props from Star Wars. Like Luke, Luke Skywalker's uh, lightsaber from the first two movies sold for $450,000. Darth Vader's helmet from the original sold for 96000 But um, the, the droid, the R2-D2, which was originally estimated to sell for $2 million, uh, sold for, I think it was $2.76 million. Almost three million bucks when you get into paying the, the buyer's premium, etc. Here's the kicker on it. Here's why I think Glenn Beck would not purchase it. And I wonder if you're listening, Glenn, you can call if you have it, go ahead and admit. But I, I don't think I don't think ultimately he would he would have bet on this because it wasn't the actual R two D two that you saw in any one of the movies. Apparently this was an R2-D2 that was bits and pieces of different R2-D2s used in the movies. So it wasn't actually the one, you know, the original. And that's why they say it was R2-D2 that was used in several Star Wars films. Because, you know, parts of the top, parts of the side, bits and pieces, kind of one piece at a time R2-D2. It was a... A, a non-fully original matching R2-D2. Still, very cool item. 43-inch tall. You've got the R2-D2. And if, because I think if it were the one that had never been taken apart, if it were the actual original one, I don't think George Lucas is selling that. I don't think they would have let that get away. I think that would have been relegated to some, I bet you there's one at Lucas's house and I'll bet you he modernized it with a robot control that said, R2, get me a beer. And then it goes in the kitchen and gets a beer. I'm just saying. So that's the update on the Hollywood story. I'm going to step aside. When we get back, yeah, we'll get into some of the crazy news. Because trust me, there's crazy news, including something really disturbing is going on with Nancy Pelosi. And I think maybe if... Look, if we want Nancy Pelosi to stay around for 10 years, and I think we all do, then we should be very worried. I will explain when Pure Opelka returns. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I have to remind you, it's going to be a, a weekend that many of us will be active. And if you're active and you get irritation and inflammation, followed by pain, 
I hope you have already jumped on the Relief Factor bus. If you haven't, pay attention. Here's the phone number, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. That's the main number for Relief Factor. If you you go to relieffactor.com, you will get the the short story on the all-natural anti-inflammatory that's helped me. It's helped thousands. It's helped Doc Thompson. It's helped Brad Staggs. I know it's helped members of this audience who have reached out. And here's what it does. Using natural ingredients like fish oil and, and various actual spices, it works with your body to reduce inflammation that's causing the pain. In my case, my knees and my hips and my lower back, gone. I'm no longer, and I've been without since day eight of using Relief Factor, 11 plus 12 weeks ago. I stopped taking any over-the-counter medication. I don't take prescription meds. And I'm feeling great. I'm walking the golf course. I'm out working in the garden. I'm active. And most pains caused by inflammation, this reduces inflammation naturally. It's called Relief Factor. Try the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. 20 bucks, and you get the three-week quick start pack. And that should give you enough time to see if it works for you. If your pain, your irritation will be removed or reduced by uh, reducing the inflammation, Relief Factor should help you the way it helped me. So check it out. 800-500-8384. It's called Relief Factor. I wonder if Relief Factor could help Nancy Pelosi. I just wonder. I'm worried about I'm worried about the minority leader. We have talked in the past few weeks about how after the loss in Georgia's 6th district, Nancy Pelosi as leader in in the minority group in the house as as leader there as her reputation seems to be casting a pall over those elections for uh for house seats. I know that to blunt the attack, the overwhelming attack from, from the 40-plus million dollars that Democrats poured into that district, that the GOP ran ads and several PACs ran ads tying Nancy Pelosi to John uh, Ossoff. And I think it hurt big time. I think it hurt the efforts of Ossoff to get elected by being tied to Pelosi. And so we've heard people say, oh, we need her to stay. We need her to stay another 10 years so we can run against her, which is fine. But based on Nancy Pelosi of late, I, I think that could be abbreviated. This was Nancy Pelosi at the 92nd Street Y in New York recently. She was speaking. She seems to have trouble putting certain sentences together and finding words. Now we are building and validating what really is the message that as we go forward, you probably could put it on a piece of paper right now and say this is what it should be. For us, we have to make sure that our members participate in that. that please go to Facebook, Twitter, whatever, uh, Instagram, any platform that you want. Home care, too. You know, some uh, people are at home, but they still get care from. Uh, from Medicaid, middle-income seniors. I think this is dangerous. I think this is a warning. I think these 
episodes, and yeah, I used air quotes there. I think these episodes indicate that Nancy Pelosi's in trouble. And maybe we need to keep an eye out on her. Nancy Pelosi could be headed towards a a breakdown physically. Uh, I would hate to see the word stroke be said with anyone's name. But it's kind of a little disturbing the way she has trouble putting sentences together. Look, we all sometimes frump for around. But this has been happening with greater frequency over the past couple of months. If you don't remember it, I'll pull up some of the examples. But Nancy Pelosi, we need you to hang out for another 10 years. We need you to help us build the GOP majority in the House. We need you to stay minority leader. Be careful, Nancy. Take care of yourself. We'll be right back after the news. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. Second hour. A lot going on. Yesterday, I really thought it was a slow news day. Very slow news day. And today, it seems like it's a news day. Well, it depends on what your definition of news is. Do you feel like news is the president of the United States tweeting something that many people are outraged that he tweeted at an anchor who we believe might be a friend of his, but is she really? It's it's high school. When did we get to high school? Donald Trump this morning tweeted, I heard poorly rated morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. How come low IQ crazy Mika along with psycho Joe to along with psych. How come low IQ crazy Mika along with psycho psycho Joe came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. Seriously, people. This is what is dominating the news cycle. This is what CNN is analyzing endlessly. (laughs) MSNBC's on it. Keith Olbermann's on it. And in the meantime, in the meantime, we're hoping that the Senate is working on rewriting a health care bill to do something to fix what is a death spiral for Obamacare. In the meantime, we have sanctuary cities being addressed currently, hopefully, uh, and, and, and we will be enforcing our laws about sanctuary cities. We are watching North Korea because the 
head of North Korea, Kim Jong idiot, has reportedly threatened to assassinate the, the president of South Korea. And we also are concerned that he might be getting ready to test another missile. But CNN and MSNBC and many people in the news world, this is really the first time I've actually mentioned the tweet this morning, or today, the tweet from this morning, are obsessed saying Donald Trump attacks female news anchor in tweets. I can tell you, I have, I, you know, I don't have a friendship with Mika Brzezinski. I have ridden the train from New York to Washington, D.C. with them. They were as nice as they could be. They were absolutely as nice and friendly as they could be. I don't agree with a lot of things Mika says. I think she's opportunistic. Witness what they did with Trump when he was a candidate. They supported him. They gave him huge chunks of time on their network leading up to uh, the the selection of him as the candidate. And then when they, it came time for MSNBC to jump on the Hillary bandwagon, Trump became persona non grata. But as, as many have mentioned before, during the time when Mika and Joe had a love fest with Trump, they were caught, recorded, asking him what topics they wanted to cover. They were basically asking Trump, which softballs do you want us to throw to you so you can hit them out of the park? And now we're supposed to believe that this is actually a real blood feud between these three? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and, and CNN and MSNBC and anyone who spends time with a panel analyzing this and, and demanding that senators and congressmen please come forward and denounce this, we need a condemnation from you right now. And you've got Jim Acosta, who's still pissed off that they don't get a daily on-camera briefing so he can stand up and justify his existence outside of the White House, talking about this is unprecedented, we've never seen anything like this. Well, I, I wonder if you were this upset when President Bill Clinton used an intern as a humidor. Were you this upset? This is building on the same outrage that CNN had yesterday when the president made a comment to a, a reporter who, who was there at the White House about what a nice smile she had. He told a young woman reporter who happened to be in the White House, in the Oval Office, what a nice smile she had. And that suddenly became... Uh, alleged sexual harassment by the president of the United States. You, do you remember that CNN spent a considerable chunk of time with this? They had a panel discussion about this. Well, we have a lot of your Irish press watching us. They're just now leaving the room. And, and where are you from? Go ahead. Come here. Come here. Where are you from? We have all of this beautiful Irish press. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from RTE News. RTE News. Katrina Perry. Katrina Perry. She has a nice smile on her face. So I bet she treats you well. <laughs> she has a nice smile on her face, so I bet she treats you well. Oh, my God, I've never heard such a sexually harassing president in my life. I can't believe this. 
I can't believe this is what. And of course, because Donald Trump mentioned the word blood when he talked about Mika Brzezinski in his dumb tweet, because Donald Trump mentioned the word blood, guess what that gives every network the chance to do? That gives every network the chance to bring out the video clips of Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump saying blood coming out of her, whatever. And then it also gives him a chance to go back to uh, the Access Hollywood tape with uh, the comments from the bus with Donald Trump and Billy Bush, a guy who still is the only one paying the price for those rude comments. And now, so all of this is being dragged out again. All of this is being played over and over again. So I really want to know from you, how do you feel about the president's tweeting on this? Especially you always Trumpers. Look, I voted for Donald Trump. My candidate didn't make it through the primaries. My candidate wasn't there. But Donald Trump, as flawed of a man and a candidate as he was to me, is a damn far sight better than Hillary Clinton in the White House. Even in his damaged and flawed state, he's better than Hillary Clinton. So somebody who's really loyal to the president, tell me. 888-900-3393. And is any of this indignation we're being buried in or covered over with by the the mainstream media. Is any of it real? Or is it just somebody taking their chance to once again get in front of a camera? I'm I'm watching senators. I'm watching Congress people. They're finding every female who works in Washington and, and asking them for a comment. That's fine. I understand it. But where was your outrage? Was it anywhere near? Was it anywhere near what, what, what you expressed when Bill Clinton used Monica Lewinsky as a humidor? Just tell me. So telling a, an Irish reporter that she has a nice smile and basically referring that she's going to treat the, I think it was the members of the Chicago Cubs who were visiting the White House or some whoever was visiting, that she's going to be treating them fairly. That's, boy, is that ever predatory behavior. Now, in terms of the president's back and forth with Mika Brzezinski and and Joe Scarborough, does anybody get the feeling that this is the World Wrestling Federation? Am I alone here on this? Seriously. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. This is uh, going to be such a distraction that I don't think we're going to see any other. I wonder what the rest of the world is thinking about us today. I wonder what what our allies are thinking about us. I know Putin and, and Trump are supposed to meet and shake hands at an upcoming international event. I know President Trump is going to meet with Emmanuel Macron on Bastille Day in France. You wonder what they're thinking today. Well, somebody is bound to demand 
that that France rescind the offer to have Donald Trump visit because he insulted Mika Brzezinski. Someone is I'm I'm guessing right now they are bound and determined to get that invitation retracted. They're still working on the Queen to deny Trump the visit that's supposed to happen uh, this summer. I think it's in August. So don't be surprised if this dominates. You also have uh, Keith Olbermann is demanding that we we automatically uh, engage Amendment 25 right now, the 25th Amendment, which would uh, remove the president from office. Does anyone realize what that means? President Pence? Doesn't that bother you people on the left more than anything? Or do you have... Do you have uh, offensive tweets or statements from Mike Pence that you're going to pop up now? No, you don't, do you? I know I'm off the rails on this one, but I really think that we have now descended to high school level. And I'm, while I'm not endorsing what the president said, I do realize that this, this dance between these three, between Morning Joe and Donald Trump, has been going on for over a year that they have been willing co-conspirators in this process, that they were the ones who basically helped get the Trump train out of the station and rolling down the tracks. At any given time, Donald Trump could call Morning Joe and get 15 to 20-minute commercial-free blocks. And now we're supposed to believe they're mortal enemies? Yeah, it is 1984. And the World Wrestling Federation has the Iron Sheik taking on Hulk Hogan. And we're going to root for Hulk because he's the American. We can't root for that evil Iron Sheik, can we? This is crazy. Michael Pelka, I'm Puro Pelka. I, I want to talk about heroes. I'll be back to talk about a hero. You're listening to Puro Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Mike Opelka here, you there. 888 900 3393 is the phone number. 888 Did I hear it was Ralph in California was on the phone? Hello, Ralph. Hey, Mike. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. What part of the Golden State are you living in, sir? Well, I'm actually one of your, your truckers that call in. I'm driving through California right now down around San Bernardino, but I live in Virginia. Okay. What are we hauling today, Ralph? Uh, High-dollar furniture. Ooh, okay. Well, that's good. Headed down to San Berdu with a load of high-dollar furniture. What's on your mind today, sir? I just, all this sweeten is this Donald Trump getting the media to jump on something while he's doing something behind her back. That's all. That's all I think this is. You think he's trolling them? Oh yeah, he, he's he's baiting them. He's throwing it out there, dancing it around for him, letting them bite on it. You know, I I think Ralph, uh, you you've got this. I I think you absolutely got this. I think this is what Donald Trump's been doing. 
Uh, somebody asked the other day what the president meant when he said uh, he's got a big surprise coming on health care. And people have spent the, the last 12 hours asking, what's the surprise? What could the surprise be? Whatever will the surprise be? And I, I think that's him trolling again. I think this is absolutely what he's doing. But now it like feels cartoon- like. Go ahead. It's like that cartoon, you know, where, where they got that big, that big, uh, big hammer behind their back. And then he, he gets them to do one thing and then he hits them over the head with it. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right. And I love the fact that we reference cartoons on this show a lot. A very a whole lot. Well, Ralph, you nailed it. You nailed it, my friend. I'm I'm very happy that you're out there. Will you be home in time for Independence Day weekend with your family? Yes, I will. We have a big uh, a big family reunion up at the lake for Tuesday, and we're going to have some fun. Then get back out on the road Tuesday night. Okay. Will you be careful? Drive safely, and everybody that's seeing Ralph on the highway. And, the, and all the highways in the country. Just be careful of our truckers. Give them room. And as we learned from Janie yesterday, who hauls groceries in Florida, learn to merge, people. Learn to merge. Learn to use the turn signal. Oh, please. You know, Ralph, I didn't order the turn signals. They were on the car. I shouldn't have to use those, right? <laughs> That's right. Believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you be careful, sir. Drive carefully, yes, and, and, and please know that you're welcome here anytime. Thank you, Mike. You have a good holiday, brother. Take care. Testudo, brother. It is, uh, it's so encouraging to me to hear the voices of reason that call into this show, especially those of you who are hauling stuff all over the country and bringing things uh, to those of us who need it, who will be your customers. I said I wanted to talk about some heroes, and, and I've... I've got some weird news stories to hit throughout the show today, and I have some hero stories. I told you earlier about the um, the guy in, in Dallas, Andy Mitchell, who picked up a, a man he had seen walking on the road almost every day. Kid walks twenty three miles. He's 20 years old, walks three miles to his job in the hot Texas sun, and he was saving money. He wasn't taking Ubers or cabs or whatever. He was saving money to be able to afford a car so he could go back and forth to his job. And this total stranger got his friends together and they bought a used car for the guy and surprised him. So great story. And then yesterday, a story about a hero, talking about a really unexpected hero, somebody who often gets called names. Guy is told he can't see. They call him bums. They yell at him all the time. I'm talking about a Major League Baseball umpire. Tough job. I know that it's kind of an elite job, too, because once you become an umpire, if you get through that challenging trial to get to be an umpire, you got to do your time in the minors, etc. You get to be on the field with those really high-paid players. You don't get any of the money. that not Nothing near the money those baseball players get. And if you make a a bad call, you're the worst person in the world. And earlier this week, an umpire in Pittsburgh was there to work the game between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Tampa Bay Rays. And he did something that's so amazing, I'm going to have to hold it over the break. 
will tell you the story of the umpire who, uh, who understood he was in the right place at the right time. And, um, and he decided to step in and take action. So when you have, when you have an opportunity, it's always a good idea to, to take that opportunity. At least I think it is. When we get back after the break, before we get back into uh, some big-time news, uh, I, and, and I do have more dumb news. I have to tell you about the, dumb, about the, um, the New Jersey uh, vehicle thief. Maybe the dumbest thief ever. But when we get back from the break, I'll, I'll tell you the story about the baseball ump who was paying attention, who was situationally aware, and he decided that he was going to stop and maybe be late for work. And I know there's a whole bunch of people who's who very happy that this guy was late for work. I'll tell you that hero story after the break. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. So while uh, the the mainstream media, the left-leaning portion of the mainstream media is focused on uh, Donald Trump's tweeting and the, um, the war, the Twitter war between Mika and Donald and Joe, uh, brave men and women are fighting to retake Mosul from ISIS, uh, just so you know. Some people are saying that we've recaptured the the mosque that ISIS had, you know, the one they destroyed. It's basically a rock pile now, but it's uh, it's bragging rights at this point. And the people on the ground are saying, no, it's still they're still fighting. But you're going to hear all about that. You won't hear too much about it on the mainstream media because they're busy with the fight. They're absolutely busy with the fight. Before we went away, I said I wanted to talk about heroes. I didn't want to talk about a pissing war between Donald Trump and Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. Can we start calling her Mika Scarborough yet, or is he going to be Joe Brzezinski? That's uncomfortable to say, isn't it? I think Mika Scarborough is more fun, and she, and she won't like it. She's traded on her father's name for so long now. But good for her. It's America. Good for her. I was talking about a hero. I was talking about an umpire here on uh, Pure Opelka, a guy who rarely gets respect. As a matter of fact, uh, umpire John Trumpain, uh, Tupain, not Trumpain, sorry. John Tupain just a couple days ago had a bad game. He was the home plate umpire in a game that the Kansas City Star said he was just terrible. They said he got 28 pitches wrong while – working uh, behind the plate at a Royals game. So umpires are getting a lot of heat, you know, and they're not getting millions of dollars. 
billions of dollars, whatever these guys get. They get a lot of money for being able to hit or pitch a curveball. And he was on his way to a game in Pittsburgh because they have these crews that travel around the country. They don't really have home parks that would put the, um, the fairness at risk. You know, these umps go around and they cover different teams in different games just to keep them from getting too emotionally involved. Well, he was in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. The Pirates and the Tampa Bay Rays were playing. And as he was nearing the park, he was going over a bridge, the Roberto Clemente Bridge, a famous former Pittsburgh Pirate, a hero in the baseball world, Hall of Famer. As he was going over the bridge, he saw a woman climbing over the railing on the bridge. He stopped and went, hold on a second. Uh, What's going on? And according to the reports in several different outlets, including uh, SB Nation, um, he realized there was a problem. That this woman was thinking about jumping. Tampain uh, went and uh, caught the eye of a passerby and mouthed, call 911. And then he went back to trying to save this woman. She apparently started breaking down emotionally, crying, and trying to slip away from him. He locked both of his arms around her back. Not a real big guy. He's not one of these monstrous Major League Baseball players. He's an umpire. He said at times she was hanging both of her feet off the edge of the bridge, and that meant her full weight was in his arms. He's quoted in a report in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as saying, God, God, this has to be a good ending, not a bad ending. And he apparently held on as long as he could. He said, she, she told him, you don't care about me. And he kept repeating, I care, I care. And the woman said, I, I just want to end this right now. I just want to be in a better place. And this guy, an umpire, a normal guy, just trying to do, get about his business and his day, said, you're going to be all right, repeating that over and over again. Eventually, and it must have been an eternity, the EMS and cops showed up on the scene, and thankfully, the woman was saved, taken away in an ambulance. I'm sure she'll be in a psych hold for a while. It had to be had to be a harrowing experience for everybody. And uh, this for a guy who's who's only been calling balls and strikes professionally in the major since 2010 and only a full-time umpire since 2016. It's It's almost never we hear the names of umpires. And I think this is a good one. John Tampain at the Pirates game. They caught up with him in the locker room, and he's he's not a guy who's going to grab the camera and say a lot, but he did have some interesting things to, briefly to say. A couple times, you know, slipped her legs off the ledge and came dead, dead weight, and uh, I just was thinking, God, I, you know, this has got to be a good ending and not a bad ending, and just held on for dear life. Held on for dear life. Thank God you did. He talked to another reporter about being in the right place at the right time. 
It's it's amazing. Just amazing. He did say you never know what somebody's day looks like. It's a nice day. Everybody's out for a walk. And somebody's not having the same day you're having. I was just glad to help. I'm sure that woman's family is very happy that this umpire paid attention. And this is really why I tell you, please, pay attention. It's important. There is stuff going on around us all the time. There are people either needing just an attaboy, thanks a lot, how you doing, to somebody actually grabbing someone around the back, around their arms, and saving their damn life. And, and it could be okay. So I'm real happy about that story. And that I'm, I would rather cover stories like this than the back and forth between adult children who are, are hurling insults at each other only to either distract or elevate their ratings. To me, it says more important things. And speaking of more important things, I have something really important that we have to get to today. And, and this one, if you are a parent or if you are someone who has a child in school, you, I don't know if you know what's going on. I don't know if you've heard this story, but, but there are teachers who are now performing monthly mental health exams on your child or your grandchild. Monthly mental health exams. Have you heard about this? And it's all under a program. You know how the government names programs to, to make us all feel better? To make us think, oh, we're doing great things? Um, yeah. The Every Student Succeeds Act. The Every Student Succeeds Act. It's a, it's a bill that has all kinds of uh, buzzwords in it and buzz phrases in it, like social-emotional learning. That's the latest, the latest trendy thing in education. The Every Student Succeeds Act. It's not a good thing, and I'll explain why and what it's doing to kids, maybe kids that are your kids or your grandkids, and why we need to be aware of it and why we should be screaming about it from the top of our lungs. We'll deal with that next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. I'm, uh, I'm just looking over something I received in the mail today. The fake news, real news game. We'll have to look into this. This looks interesting. The fake news, real news game. That might be something we could play on the show here. Um... There's going to be a, a new version of the GOP health care bill. Oh, seriously. There is. I'm sure. Any minute now. Stop it. You're going to put me to sleep. 
You, you're not serious. You're, you're really not serious. If you were serious, you would have had this done. This is, this is so much, so much irritation. All right, getting back to my story. I, I was talking about education. Now, do you remember No Child Left Behind? No Child Left Behind uh, was, was scrapped, was destroyed, was put out to pasture at the end of, end of last year. One of those things President Obama said, yay, we've done something really cool here, which always makes me nervous. And the president signed a new law that bumped No Child Left Behind and uh, reportedly returned control of education policy decisions back to the states. And it was the Every Student Succeeds Act. E-S-S-A. You know, we've got all these clever names, but we never actually come up with the right policy in my mind. Obama sold this to us as he was signing it. So, you know, we're going to get rid of uh, unnecessary standardized testing. We're going to reduce federal mandates. We're going to give children access to high-quality preschool programs. And the minute the president... Obama would say anything about returning control back to the local schools and reducing federal mandates, I immediately think, what have you done with the socialist? Where have you put Obama? But no. No, they, they tried to sell it to us, saying that uh, the, the no child left behind was the problem when we needed to put in ESSA, every student succeeds. Arne Duncan was talking about the great flexibility to find the best local solutions while ensuring that students are making progress. And the whole time I'm thinking, all right, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is that? Look for the hand behind the back that's got that sledgehammer that's going to hit us all in the head. Well, now it's showing up. Now it's showing up. Now, now, yeah, we have too much testing in the schools. That's what oh, the t- Common Core and some of these other things. In Texas, it was known as C-Scope. Common Core was one of those things that uh, just tested kids to death. It was making kids into testing machines. And it really was incredibly horrible. It was It was not good for us. So... Why then, why then did we allow the Every Student Succeeds Act to come in if it was going to replace the over-testing of the classes as a group with these monthly teacher mental health exams on your child? Think about it. Think about it. The, st- the story was covered in the Wall Street Journal by uh, Dr. Ada Sorindolo, and they're just starting to understand what happened when we enacted this Every Student Succeeds Act and started putting in social, emotional learning. And every month, according to the requirements of the ESSA, these are paperwork requirements for the teachers. Every single month, a teacher must answer 72 questions about each of the students in her class. 
Think about that. Think about what we're asking teachers to do. We're not asking teachers to teach. Now we're asking teachers to basically analyze the students. We're putting these teachers in, into a place that most of them are not trained to be. The teacher must assess whether the student, and this is how it is written in the paperwork, quote, carries himself with confidence. And, and we're talking about kindergartners. We're talking about first graders and asking if they, quote, cope well with insults and mean comments. Close quote. Interesting, interesting reality to, to address on a day that we're dealing with the president and, and, a, and a morning show host on TV sniping back and forth with each other. This is a concern. If you live in a state that has ESSA, your child's mental health is being checked, assessed every single month by someone who is not a professional in this area, who is not doing this in a clinical situation. And guess what? Because it's not a medical clinic and this person is not a medical professional, guess what else that means? That information, those 72 monthly questions answered by your child's teacher are now open to everybody. They're not protected by HIPAA laws. The school district can share that assessment with anyone, basically. And the parents, guess what, mom and dad? You're not asked to give your permission before this is administered. And you don't have any say over where those records go once they're obtained. Anyone else nervous? Oh, there'll be more on this. There'll be a lot more. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka, come on back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We have uh, business to deal with this hour. So third hour of the show, still some, some business to take care of. Before we wrapped up the last hour, we were talking about ESSA, the Every Student Succeeds Act. And this is, this is a, um, a replacement for No Child Left Behind that is now pushing its invasive analysis and mental health exams of your kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews uh, under the guise of helping, helping. And unless your child, your, your kindergarten t- kid, your kid in kindergarten or first grade or grammar school, unless that kid has a, a licensed psychotherapist or psychologist teaching them, what's happening here, what's happening in the classrooms are federally required mental health exams in great detail, 72 questions each month. And let's just think about that. Think about the mountain of paperwork that's going on. 
the mountain of government information that is being culled from kids all over the country. I will tweet out a link to whether or not your your state has um, e, uh, has has this invasive program inside of it. God, I, I can't imagine what kids today are being forced to learn, and how they're they're being forced to uh, be exam examinated by their teachers, and then have all that stuff reported. It's not protected by the HIPAA laws. That health information privatization of that, you know, we just can't have this going on. And there are states that have preschool through 12, 12 through K that have these in place already. And you can see what the standards are. The, this is scary. Uh, and and it's, it's uh, very disturbing. Very disturbing. So um, get involved especially if you are a, a parent, a grandparent. It would be great to have grandparents involved, too. One of the ways you can do this is get involved in school boards. One of the ways you can do this is to actually ask if your kid is, is being exam, examinated each month. I almost said examined. If your kid's being examined, they're not teaching them good English. It's very disturbing, at least to me. Meanwhile... As this is going on, we are obsessed with Mika and Joe and Donald Trump and the Twitter storm that's going on. It, it really is so bizarre to me that, that we're, we're all up in this craziness. And if you look back in the last few days, you could see it coming up. You know, it's, it's important to kind of monitor it and follow it backwards. You know, so this was like two days ago. Scarborough got all upset because Donald Trump was tweeting that Barack Obama was the one colluding with the Russians. Well, all, we only have the evidence to to hold up exactly what Donald Trump was tweeting. We only have the evidence of of President Obama leaning over to Medvedev and saying in 2012, after the election, I'll have more flexibility. Please relay that message to Vladimir. Yeah, so that happened. And I guess you could you could say that, interestingly enough, that that happened in 2012. Then in 2016, when the president was told that Russia was messing or trying to mess with our elections, he didn't do anything until December 29th, two months after the election. Nothing. And even then, he kicked out 35 diplomats. And what did, what did Putin do? Putin said, oh, it's uh, too bad you've kicked diplomats out of the uh, United States. Uh, you have diplomats here in Russia. We will invite them over for a party. So uh, you stomp your feet all you want, Mr. Obama. We will invite your Americanskis and their families over for parties. But uh, this was this was Joe Scarborough ranting about Donald Trump's tweets, accusing Obama of collusion. The more destructive oh. he becomes to himself. Hold on one second here. Hang on. It's going to get loud. He was saying the more obstructive he becomes. ...by Bob Mueller has brought everything on himself. And the deeper he gets in it, the more he digs, the more destructive he becomes to himself. 
Well, they're all over the place. He, in particular, are all over the place on their explanation for what happened. Remember, he said maybe they meddled, maybe it was China, I don't know. Then we got to the place where Sean Spicer said, I haven't spoken to the president. We couldn't get the president to acknowledge whether or not Russia interfered in the election. Then in the tweet about President Obama, while he thought implicating President Obama, admitted that there was meddling in the election. Now he's saying, in fact, it's President Obama who was obstructing I mean, and colluding with the government. The he's, stupidity. It, the story has taken so many twists and so many turns, but he's no. going off that Washington Post story really? of last week, which said... So Willie Geist is trying to explain it, and underneath you hear Joe Scarborough saying, the sheer stupidity, the sheer stupidity, that's two days ago. Okay, so let's rewind one day ago, 24 hours ago, after saying Trump and his tweeting are sheer stupidity. Guess what else Joe said about Donald Trump just 24 hours ago and 24 hours after calling Trump sheer stupidity? Also, Donald Trump is only making the media stronger. I mean, we have record ratings for us. Uh, uh, at Morning Joe, record ratings for the uh, subscription increases. New York Times, The Washington Post, etc., etc., etc. Everybody is actually getting more viewers by holding them accountable. And when they do things like that, they only feed into, you know, they only make us stronger. So you're calling Trump stupid, but what he's doing is benefiting you. And let me add to that. Let me add a. A sidebar to uh, Joe talking about how we're having record ratings and the New York Times is having record increases in subscriptions. When you are down at the bottom, the only place you have to go is up. And Morning Joe has been down there at the bottom until they started having Trump on the show. And when they finally brought Trump on the show, guess what? People tuned in. People absolutely tuned in. And then this morning, so we had two days ago, we had yesterday, and now we have today from Morning Joe. I know, I know, you don't watch it. I watch it so you don't have to. Today, after the tweet came out, Mika decided to speak up. Well, on anyone you interact? Well, I think what Twitter has done, though, is really revealed the true nature of this man who is the president of the United States. I, I mean, it's shown the kind of the dark underbelly of this presidency. It's pretty horrific. I think Thanks you, to Twitter, we know. Yeah. I think if you go... So Mika talks about Trump's dark underbelly and revealed the true nature of the man. And now Joe kind of steps in, and I'm wondering, is, is he defending Trump or is he supporting Mika's theory here? Kind of interesting. Listen to what Joe follows up Mika's discussion of the the dark underbelly of Donald Trump. I, I think if you go on Twitter and you go on Twitter angry, I, I don't think the uh, market reveals character. I think it twists and distorts character because you've got to put it in 140 characters. There's no room for nuance. And I think it brings out many times the absolute worst of people. That's why I just don't take it. I use personally. it to swap pirates. So Joe is saying he doesn't take it personally. But two days ago, two days ago, he talked about the sheer stupidity. So what is it? All this tells me is this entire story, this whole thing between Joe and Mika and Trump 
is just Bravo Sierra. It's all of them feeding into each other. It's all of them just saying, okay, now what are we going to do with this? I'll tell you what I do. I know if I do this, then he'll do that. So let me do, let, uh, you know what? I'm going to call him a duty head and we'll see if he'll react. And I know, I know that, that bullying, cyberbullying was, was the first lady's mission. And then there'll be all kinds of funny tweets about Melania. Why don't you tone down the president's bullying? Because he's bullying Mika. This just smells of, of the, the kind of silly, shallow, pre, predetermined fights that you would see on professional wrestling. And what I want to know is what's happening in the background while all this is going on. Are we, are we putting the screws to North Korea? Are we dealing with Syria? Have we retaken Mosul? Are we doing everything we can do to get the veterans who serve this country the care and treatment that we promised them? Are we actually rewriting the Senate health care bill while the whole world is focused on this? It doesn't make any damn sense. And I'm going back to Judge Judy. If it doesn't make any sense, it's not true. I got to step aside. When we get back, how about a little throwback action here? How about, how about we look at some uh, Throwback Thursday stuff and talk about uh, what happened there? And then uh, I can't find my shopping list. I have to find that. I know that's around here somewhere. Plus, uh, the dumbest uh, vehicle thief in the nation, at least in the state of New Jersey, the absolute dumbest. And um, there was some news on Sanctuary Cities today that actually made me feel like Okay, maybe while the rest of the media is focused on this, this sanctuary city stuff uh, will start protecting the actual citizens of this country from the crooks and gang members who have infiltrated it. We'll get into all of that after the break. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We do have a myriad topics to get to. Uh, a couple of like weird leftover things that I had gathered and put aside for the show today that I wanted to get to. And a lot of it is the do as I say, not as I do thing. A lot of it is uh, dealing with whatever uh, strangeness is coming out of D.C., like this Brzezinski, Scarborough, Trump war of words that's going on. But Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, who, you know, $77 billion, whatever he's got, one of the richest guys in the world, Warren Buffett doesn't have a problem with the death tax. Warren Buffett thinks it's a it's a great thing. And that's fine. I'm sure he's he's squirreled away enough money that he'll be okay. And I'm sure he's, he's set up trust for his kids so that not all of the $77 billion will be taxable. But Warren Buffett said something that I just, I just think that 
every now and then it would be great for a reporter to go, come on. Warren Buffett talking to Judy Woodruff, and she wanted to know how rich he was. And they they talked about it. And uh, he said something. See if you can spot the ridiculous thing Warren Buffett says here. How wealthy are you? I mean, I'm reading that you're 77 billion. 99% of my net worth is in Berkshire Hathaway stock. Uh, every share of that stock has been pledged to philanthropy. So Okay, so that's good. So if you have $77 billion, and let's say 99% of it is pledged to philanthropy, or 99% of it is in uh, Berkshire Hathaway stock, that's the, the company that is the holding company for all the companies Warren Buffett has been buying. So if you have $77 billion, right, that's a, that's a whole bunch of billions of dollars. That's just more than you and I will ever be able to fathom. But 1% of that would still be, would still be a whole bunch of millions. So Warren Buffett's got that going for him. I'm happy he's pledging a lot of his fortune to philanthropic efforts. I'm happy he's trying to stop malaria. He and Bill Gates are doing that. But he gets, he gets a little into the weeds here and says something I think is silly. I'm a trustee for that stock, so it'll go to society. And then a good bit of the rest will as well. But if you add up what's in my name, if we go down to my safe deposit box, we will find uh, some stock certificates that are wor worth that much. But as I, uh, you know, I've written, they have no utility to me. They can't do anything to make me happy. I'm already happy. I, I, I'd be happy with, you know, certainly with $100,000 a year, I could be very happy. <laughs> I'm throwing the Bravo Sierra flag right there, Warren Buffett. I'm I'm absolutely tossing the flag. $100,000 a year and you could be happy. I know you live in Omaha, and I know you, you probably have the nicest house in Omaha. But I'm just betting the operating expenses of being Warren Buffett exceed $100,000 a year and probably approach $100,000 a month. So you can say stuff like this, but ultimately, it's not true, sir. And you really shouldn't. Come on. Come on, Mr. Buffett. People pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to sit with you and have lunch and get that investment advice that you dole out. And don't get me started on the death tax. It's double taxation. It's confiscation on the highest order. And yeah, you've already, he's, look, the guy's lived a great long life. He beat cancer and he beat the odds on, on beating the stock market over the years. I, I don't own any shares of Berkshire Hathaway. I probably should have, but I didn't. But for him to say things like the death tax is a great way to generate money for the, for the government instead of, instead of encouraging people to do things on their own. You know, there is a place where you can actually mail in additional contributions to, to the government. If you feel like your taxes are too low, they actually have set up an office where people can send in a contribution with extra money. I would love to know how much that office received. I would love to know just how many people thought, you know what, the government doesn't take enough money for me. I better... I better write out a check today and mail it into 
the office that takes the extra money from people because there is one. And it, it's, it's a ridiculous idea, but there it is. Um, we, I want to talk about Paul Ryan's press conference he had today. And uh, in, in the course of that press conference, there was a discussion uh, with the um, Secretary of Homeland Security about, about our security, about our safety. Secretary Kelly talked about it. I'll play that for you. But uh, Paul Ryan was talking about health care. And uh, apparently they are confident. About health care, you said this morning um, on a Wisconsin radio station that it will take longer than expected. But how long will it take for the Senate and the House to reach an agreed upon health care bill? And what does that mean for the rest of the agenda? Uh, we're still on schedule and on track with our agenda. Uh, as we've said, uh, we, we have tax reform is later in the year in the fall. So we still had the summer here to work on health care. So we think we're perfectly on time with our schedule. Uh, I can't answer the question as how long it's going to take because I don't know when the Senate is going to bring their bill to the floor to vote. So as soon as the Senate gets the bill passed and done, I believe we can move fairly quickly around here. So, um, Anyone else feeling like we're being sold a bill of goods? Anyone else feel like the House of Representatives is on schedule? Anyone else feel like that's the truth? No. That's not the truth. You're not on schedule. We were told that when we when you give us the House, when you give us the Senate, when you give us the White House, we will get to work on day one. We're going to start repealing and replacing. We're going to start getting rid of regulations. That's just about the only thing that's being done because of executive orders. But none of the other stuff is being done. We'll talk sanctuary cities after the break. This is Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Reminder, reminder, if you, if you like the common sense approach to business that we do, then you should, you should patronize the common sense sponsors we have. And there's a brand new one, and I'm patronizing them. Uh, the group is called HealthIQ.com. And if you are looking for life insurance, and I am, I'm looking to make sure that, God forbid, anything happens that my other half is taken care of, that my life is taken care of. And I wanted to make sure I had the appropriate amount of insurance, and I wanted to get a good deal, because who doesn't? And the the folks at HealthIQ.com combine your consciousness of good health, and so many of us are health conscious, so many of us are have been over the course of the last few years changing the way we live so we can live better and longer, that they, the, the folks at healthiq.com have realized that's how they can get better rates for insurance. And I called them 
first I went to the website, healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. I took the quiz. I showed them my knowledge of health. I answered the questions about my lifestyle. I haven't touched tobacco in 20 years. I, I try to get out and walk. I'm aware of what I should be eating. I try to eat right. I try to live right, etc. You know, they want to know what's your time for a mile. Well, I'm not running because my knees are not great, but I am walking. And they took all that data and they said, here's what we could do for you on life insurance. And I said, wow, that's a great deal. So uh, I'm, I'm going through the process. They're going to do the, the mini physical, which is the next step. And then if it works out, I'm going to be with a major carrier at a great rate with the life insurance I want. So if you're in the market, if you're looking for life insurance, visit healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. You can get the, the quote, the free quote right there. And, and they're very thorough and very knowledgeable. And it wasn't a pressure deal. I felt like I was talking to a friend. Healthiq.com slash blaze. If you're looking for life insurance, be smart about it. You're smart about everything else in your life. Now, I'm, I'm happy to see that the government is also apparently trying to be smart about some things. We have talked forever about sanctuary cities in this country. And one of the things that really irritates me is the concept of sanctuary cities not offending the people who are here and paying taxes to try and live safely in a city. Does, it does, just doesn't make any sense. It has no common sense attached to it. So when the DHS secretary gets up in front of uh, the press, along with Paul Ryan today, to talk about sanctuary cities, I'm like, okay, show me something. Help me understand where we're going here. And I know President Trump is a guy who, who does not like sanctuary cities because basically you're saying, okay, criminals, come on in. And you know what happens. Yeah, I'm sure there are one or two people or one or two percent of those people who show up in sanctuary cities who are true refugees who need our help and want asylum, protection, whatever. But how many gangs and how many criminals realized we can go there and nobody's going to do anything? And then we end up with crime, murder, drugs, etc. And so thankfully, the Secretary of Homeland Security seems to have a plan. This was just a little bit of what he said this morning. President Trump has been clear that our borders are not open to illegal immigration, that we are a nation of laws and we will no longer look the other way. Well, we will no longer look the other way in the interior either. Since the president's executive order and immigration enforcement were signed, ICE has arrested nearly 66,000 individuals who are either known or suspected of being in the country illegally. 48,000 of those individuals are, in fact, convicted criminals. 48,000 convicted criminals that they, they were aware were here and nobody was doing anything about it. 48,000 convicted criminals. Anyone get a shudder when you think about that? He's got more stats that'll tick you off too. Many of the rest were charged with crimes, often multiple ones, or had gang affiliations. So far in FY 2017, ICE Homeland Security Investigations has over 32,700 
arrests, criminal arrests. The crimes include illegal gang activity, child exploitation, human trafficking, narcotics trafficking, financial crimes, and many, many others. One of the things I wrestle with is what is my purpose here? I, I have this dialogue all the time with myself. What am I supposed to be doing here? What is this show supposed to do? It's supposed to entertain a little bit. It's supposed to educate a little bit. And it's also supposed to give you the intellectual weaponry that you can talk to your liberal friends about. Not to shout them down, but to say, look, let's discuss the sanctuary cities. Let's talk about what's going on in these sanctuary cities. And when you talk about the tens of thousands of people who are being arrested, who are involved in drugs, who are involved in uh, child sex trafficking, does anybody endorse that? Because if you endorse sanctuary cities, you are endorsing the drug trafficking, the child sex trafficking. These are people, typical liberals, are always shouting about human rights. And you know what? The shouting is one thing, the action is another. And I find that most of my conservative friends, libertarian-leaning conservative friends, or straight-up GOP, they don't just shout about human rights. They actually, actually take action and get involved. Secretary Kelly here is talking about real action to try and stop what's going on, to try and put an end to sanctuary cities. I, I know. I promised I wouldn't stop. I'll let him continue. I appreciate Congress's effort to address the dangers of sanctuary cities and illegal immigrant offenders. As I have said many times before, DHS does not make the laws, Congress does. And we will enforce the laws that are passed by Congress. And I am offended when members of this institution exert pressure and often threaten me and my officers to ignore the laws they make and I am sworn to uphold. What a great line. What a great, and, and you know what? The only thing I wish the secretary would do in addition to that, is the next time any member of Congress pressures or threatens the Department of Homeland Security to avoid enforcing the laws so that a person who's here illegally can stay here, a person who might have connections to gangs, to drugs, to human trafficking, that we would put up a list of those members of Congress who are doing that. Because it's, an, it's enough. It's time we said enough. It's time the citizens of the nation said, you are charged with taking care of us first. You can't be charitable until you get your own house in order. And so this is, this is great news. Now, I'll tell you why I think this is happening now. But arm yourself with this information. Arm yourself with the information about the Department of Homeland Security letting us know just how many people they have just in, in the first few months of this year, 38,000, 48,000. These are criminals. These are people, these are bad dudes, as the president has said on many occasions. I think this is happening now on the heels of what goes into effect tomorrow, and that's the president's travel ban, the temporary travel ban from those six Muslim nations. I think the DHS is stepping up because they realize, should any state sue the Department of Homeland Security for what they're doing to stop the sanctuary cities, 
that what will happen is it will get to the Supreme Court. Because you know the lower courts will, will have a sympathetic ear to those lawsuits. But once it gets to the Supreme Court, I think we're going to have the same situation we have with the travel ban, that the Supreme Court will say, yes, we'll hear this, and yes, uh, you can continue on with the action until we finish the case. So just pay attention and watch this one. But I think the actions by DHS on this one are very important. And it's partially because we kind of feel like we've been emboldened, don't we? Stepping aside for a minute. When we get back, I can't find my shopping list. It was here a minute ago. And uh, a throwback Thursday moment. Ten years ago, I learned a very important lesson. And I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back. Got a couple of bits of housekeeping I need to take care of. Those of you who've gone to theblaze.com, clicked on channels, and then followed my channel, thank you. Thank you. We are now just barely over 25,000. However, I'm still behind Doc Thompson. And, you know, Doc and I have a little battle going on, and I, I would like some help on that. So if you have a moment, visit visit theblaze.com, click on the channel button, find my channel. It's probably down near the bottom of the list. And uh, follow me. You'll get all the stories we do sent to you. It's kind of a handy thing to have. Oh, here's my list. I got to go shopping. I, I do the grocery shopping. Let's see here. Beef, lamb, butter, shellfish, cheese, asparagus, pork, veal, Chicken, turkey. It sounds kind of uh, protein heavy, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not the. That's not my shopping list. This is PETA. This is PETA saying these are the top ten foods contributing to climate change. So cut it out. I love it when PETA does stuff like this, and everybody in the world goes, "Thanks for the shopping list, PETA." They're one hundred percent right. One. Hundred percent right. Yeah, we're going to be eating a lot of protein this weekend. They, Peter also posted, "Tell us why you think it's necessary to eat bacon." Oh, I don't know because it's delicious. I also posted a tweet that says, uh, "It's kryptonite to ISIS if I'm having delicious crispy bacon." And I don't eat bacon all that often. I think once a month. But when I do eat bacon, I eat delicious, crispy bacon. So thank you, Peter, for all those reminders. And I I love the responses. If you want to have some fun with it, read the PETA tweets and the responses. They are hilarious. And and the the one person who, who took PETA to task saying, why can animals eat other animals, but humans that are animals can't eat other animals? Of course, PETA has an answer, but it stinks. 
Uh, okay. But you should follow PETA on Twitter, too, just because it's fun. And you get to troll them. And I think they want you to troll them. They think, they think that's fun, too. I also tweeted out something I hinted yesterday that I was going to do. There's a site called VetTix, V-E-T-T-I-X dot org, VetTix dot org. It's a place where veterans, service personnel, active duty, and their families can go and get great free stuff. And this kicks off tomorrow, and it's all over the country. So when people will do great things for our veterans, I think it's important that we a, share that information with all the veterans you know, and B, I think it's really important that if you can be a supporter of that, even if you're not getting the free stuff, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if you can help keep those businesses alive, those who help our veterans and their families? Now, before we get out of here, it was 10 years ago today, I was sitting on a lawn chair outside of an AT&T store on Long Island in a crappy little mall in the most off-the-road place I could find. It was the 29th of June, 2007. It was a Friday, just like today. I had been fired. I had been fired from my job as the executive producer of the morning radio show Wake Up With Whoopi. It was a terrible show. It really was. And it wasn't terrible because of Whoopi. And some people will say it was terrible because of me. It was terrible because there were too many spatulas in the pot. There were too many executives who thought that they knew exactly what the show should be. But none of them were there at 4.30 every morning to build the show. They were just there to give you notes after the show ended and tell you how terrible everything was that day I bought my first iPhone that day I celebrated my liberation from a bad job with too many spatulas in the pot and I started um, I started my smartphone revolution and while I was there in line one Whoopi Goldberg called my old cell phone to tell me that she was so sorry that this ended this way and despite her political leanings, she's been a friend throughout. So I will tell you this. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And we can stay friends. And I think that's what will help us prevail. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.